0: Welcome to the Pagan Gumbo Podcast. Uh, Every couple of weeks, we're going to try to serve you up some discussions of a pagan nature, uh, looking at our both practical and philosophical leanings as pagans, as magical practitioners, and looking at the way that we formulate a concept of the universe and our place in it. Uh, Your mileage may vary, and as always, this is about one way to look at things, and not the way to look at things. and I am here with Lisa and Seamus, and we are here to discuss summer solstice. Yay. Hooray! Woot, woot! Woot.
1: So yeah, summer solstice. The sun is at its uh, highest point in the hemisphere. Mm-hmm. It's the hinge of summer, really. Everybody thinks Correct. of it as being the beginning of summer but it's actually the mid mid midsummer it's actually the the point of where summer and in the the cycle of the sun is at its full strength and from from that point onward it is a fade it's
2: all downhill from there it's all
1: downhill
0: yeah we lose the light from that moment on
1: so do you have particular summer solstice uh, rituals or traditions that you do at your house
0: um, not so much at my house. I, I did witness a really beautiful ritual um, back in Santa Barbara, California. And it's a uh, a pretty hippie-ish town, <laughs> as you may know. Really beautiful uh, college town by the ocean. And they have an annual summer solstice parade, complete nice. with beautiful floral garlands and belly dancers and the whole nine. They've been doing this for many, many years. And as a child, um, I had an aunt who was also very much of the culture of, of Santa Barbara and, and had a wedding at summer solstice. And then we followed up the wedding in the park by going to the summer solstice parade. And it was just, I think, one of those moments in youth before I really embraced or even understood the whole paganism thing that that to celebrate a moment in time, to celebrate a part of the year at which the the warmth is at its height. And the season is at its fullest and and everybody coming together and just honoring that space um, was it, it was really impactful. you know, I never really thought about it before, but if if I had to guess, it might have been one of those pivotal moments that sort of pointed me in the direction of really getting into more pagan beliefs and practices.
2: And you um, let's see so. Summer solstice is sort of a, a, a I don't want to say difficult, but a, a busy time, I guess. Um, I get involved with uh, festival season beginning uh, Memorial Day weekend. And so in the past several years, I've gone to a festival in southeastern Ohio uh, at a place called Wisteria. For a plug, do we have a ding? Ding! ding. Um, it's a fun time. So wisteria.org, I think, is the website. Uh, but anyway, it's a week-long, now it's a week-long festival um, with workshops and rituals and fellowship and music and all sorts of stuff, including a summer solstice ritual. Which sometimes, for some years, I was one of the parties who would uh, put on the main summer solstice ritual, but they like to mix it up every so often. So uh, sometimes it's nice to sit back and not be an officiant or one yeah. of the officiants. So, um, so that's usually during the week, the third week of June. Um, And then locally we have ComFest, Mm -hmm. ding, Um, where uh, the Druid Grove that I'm a member of, we've done a solstice ritual that weekend, that Sunday morning of ComFest. Uh, We started off doing it uh, because we wanted to, (laughs) and then eventually they put us on the schedule because apparently we weren't going to go away, so um, it's become sort of an official thing. So as far as that goes... Uh, solstice is sort of part of uh, a community service kind of feeling for me mm-hmm. or or community connections. and that I think that comes from the agrarian and pastoral cultures that that we draw many of us draw inspiration from. Uh, the crops are all planted. There's nothing more to do there. Yep. Uh, the flocks if or the herds, whatever the culture was doing were in the had been moved to the summer fields nothing really more to do there. Make sure that they, they stay there, but that's about it. So from that level, there really wasn't much else to do.
0: Other than maybe celebrate your, your victory. Celebrate, <laughs> take a
2: break, right? Yeah. And so it, it would have it would have been a time of fairs and events. Uh, but that comes later on in the fall with the uh, harvest festivals. There's more fairs, but, um, but it is basically a time of celebration and a time of being able then to if you think in the winter you were cooped up in your yurt or whatever for however many months, it gets warm, but you can't waste time getting to know everybody again because you got to get the crops in, get the get the sheep moved or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably midwinter or midsummer was probably the first time of just being able to relax and socialize with the other members of your of your community. Yeah. And so that's what it's sort of come to mean to me um, personally. I kind of like getting up on sunrise of the summer solstice to toast the sun Um, and sometimes to toast sunset, too, because it is the longest day. So uh, toast her in the morning and her in the evening.
0: Very cool. And are are you, when you say her, I I know that in... Several cultures, particularly Eastern cultures, the sun is actually viewed as a yin or or female. Yeah, in the
2: the far east, Japan is Amaterasu. Mm -hmm. And then, actually, in the north of Europe, um, the Celtic and the Norse cultures, uh, Sunna in the Norse is or soul is the sun and it's a goddess or a, a female spirit. Very cool. And then there's no real surviving that we can know of Celtic deity of the Sun, but the there's Grion who might who's a goddess who might have or uh, the Celts, sometimes they're goddesses and sometimes they're just sort of really important um, ancestors. But Grion is c- can be considered a solar deity or solar principle, and that's a, a woman. So it seems like in places where it's cold, the sun takes on that sort of motherly kind of warming. That's an interesting... Kind of, you know, life-bringing thing, whereas yeah. in when it go you know, further south, it's more harsh and it's more um, less feminine, I guess, if you, if you do the sort of polar opposites. Right. If you split so, it into like a yin and yang. Yeah, effect. exactly. That's very cool. Exactly. So, so yeah, I, but I still have problems with uh, the moon as male, so I still tend to refer to her, the moon as a she also. Right. So that's a topic for another podcast probably. Yeah,
0: actually I think it would be a, a great thing to talk about the the male and female aspects that we sort of ascribe to these different mm-hmm. Ideas and and natural phenomena, and um, since gender itself is is such a hot topic these days, it may be Ooh, that might it be may a, be good a really good thing for us to explore a little bit. Um, what's the COM in COMFEST stand
2: for? Oh, Community Fest. I'm sorry. Oh, very cool. So um, it it was started out as a Vietnam War protest. Wow, and it's gone through many iterations since then. Um, so it's in its coming up on its 40th year, maybe. Very cool. Um, and it's moved moved sites a couple of times and, and changed focus a couple of times, and now it's uh, in Goodale Park locally here. Um,
1: it's a perfect example of summer, too. And, it is. It's, it's great for summer solstice. You know, it's everything. You know, I think of summer solstice, I think of uh, Chicago Saturday yes. in the park. Right. You know, it's just hot dogs and... and Nice, you know, cool, refreshing drinks. Yes, um, sometimes oh, too, uh, many. <laughs> too many. <laughs> <laughs> Got to stay yeah. hydrated. I usually leave before that starts. But uh... <laughs> music in the air, people just having fun, mm-hmm. family reunions, and, and you know barbecues. And
2: uh... there's people that we see at, at Comfest that we don't see any other time of the year. Mm. And it's almost like we've never left. You know, it's like it's just like the next day at Comfest, and so. Or there's people that we haven't seen for a very long time, and you'll run into them on one of the walkways in the park. You're like, hey. So it, it very much has that vibe of of midsummer. Everything's done for the year before the harvest and slaughter has to start, so we can just relax and have fun.
0: It's beautiful. It's great to have that contemporary iteration of, mm-hmm. of the the summer solstice separ- celebration Excuse yeah. me, um, right here in Ohio. And the fact that the pagan celebration of summer solstice mm-hmm. has become a real integral part of that speaks really well of Ohio, I must <laughs> say. I mean, I'm, I've am i been pleasantly surprised since I moved here from Los Angeles at how open and receptive and truly progressive, not just progressive in name, but progressive in daily, deliberate, conscious action this community is. And, and having paganism as a feature of something that encapsulates the entire community coming mm-hmm. together really warms my heart.
1: There's little blue islands and a big red sea yeah. here in Ohio, yeah. Yeah. and we happen to live in one of them. And it, it's, it's, um, it is awesome. It, mm-hmm. And I like to think that the work that we've done over the last 17 years in, in Columbus has a lot to do with that. There's been a lot mm-hmm. of uh, groundwork done, a lot of um, uh, sacrifice, Mm. A lot of uh, responsible behavior Bright, from, yes. from a lot of the pagans in, in Columbus. Um, so we've allowed ourselves not to be a caricature that's on the evening news, but part of society and part of the community. And I think that the, that's why we're so well um, received.
0: That's really great. It sounds like it's been it's been. Um... The community outreach that you've done has has done the community good, vice <laughs> versa, and vice versa. <laughs> and vice versa. Yeah, we
1: we reap the
2: benefits of that as
1: well. I, I think for ComFest, and I this the now podcast, it's a, a, yeah the podcast shouldn't necessarily be a confest uh, podcast, but uh, uh, the thing that I noticed about um, when we had kind of changed was when there was a tragedy at the uh, festival and they came to the druids. And asked us to do a ritual to cleanse the place before the festival started the next morning. Wow! And that's when I kind of knew, like, yeah, this is this is the right thing that we should be here and we should be doing it, and we are accepted as part of the community. Wow! Uh, and taking our place in the community as druids would have done in the past. Absolutely. Right. So, but summer solstice. <laughs> what are we talking about? We happy,
0: happy. Yeah. Speaking of uh, summer solstice. Um, magical practice in particular during summer solstice, I know that we had discussed, um, some specific things that we use during this time of year, things that are in season and also things that are, uh, celebratory and symbolic of the sun and the sun's energy. And we had talked about, uh, calendula,
1: mm-hmm. uh, also known Maribold. as marigold. Right, yeah. the, the sun's bride.
0: Um, or Mary's gold. Or Mary's gold. Yeah, if you're looking at it through, the gold through king. Yeah, the Judeo-Christian lens, uh, really focused on the the Virgin Mary and and that aspect of her giving birth to the gold, the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a, a tremendously useful healing herb. Um, some tinctures and brews, and it's one of the herbs that are is pretty safely ingestible by most people. Um, always, always, always contact a physician before you're going to use any herbal supplements. Um, Calendula is often used to make baby skin salves because mm-hmm. it is so mild, um, and uh, it it renders this really beautiful golden colored liqueur when you when you steep it (laughs) when you steep it in some nice hot water and and, uh, the flavor tends to be very mild but some of the the solar aspects from a planetary magic perspective um, are healing um, reintegration of the body mind and spirit kind of realigning all of the pieces of the self to bring them back to the center um, authentic self-expression, honoring your truth, speaking truth, especially speaking truth to power, um, taking on authority roles. I think uh, Leo as a sign that, that we pass through when we're going through the summer mm-hmm. um, is the sign where we as human beings experience ourselves as leaders, as uh, symbolic of something greater than ourselves. This discussion that we're having of community is very, very relevant mm-hmm. to that. Um, community leaders i know our our 44th president was a leo and uh, definitely embodied some of those you know, the the um what's the word i'm looking for when you when you speak with authority and you speak with presence almost like being a really good actor it's charisma yeah okay. charisma is a huge a huge part of that leo energy so um, a lot of the actors and um, politicians and even lawyers, people who have to do a lot of public speaking, teachers, mm-hmm. will often um, incorporate calendula into their ritual and uh, make that something that infuses their being with that sense of personal authority and personal power and being able to come from that place of, um, you know, authentic
2: self-expression.
1: Anything else? About <laughs> well, I was just, I was, she was talking about herbs. and yeah, herbs.
2: Um, I was reminded, and I'm going to mess up the pronunciation of these names horribly because I didn't look them up earlier, but maybe I'll just leave the names out. People who are, who know Celtic mythology will know who I'm talking about. Uh, there, was a, there was a healer for the Tuatha de Danon who was uh, very, he was their, their number one healer, and uh, when Nuada lost his arm, in battle, he uh, replaced it with a silver arm. So that's where Nuada gets the name Nuada the silver arm. Um, but because he had a silver arm, he was imperfect. And in Celtic and probably other society, if a leader had any kind of blemish on him, he was not able to lead. So he had to step aside. And there's a whole other story about that. But in this story, uh, the physician has two children, Ermed, which is his daughter, and I can't remember the name of the, of the uh, son. And I think if I remember that, I probably couldn't pronounce it anyway without thinking <laughs> really hard about it. But his son—there's other stuff going on in the in the whole the whole tale. But his son figures out how he can fix Nuada's arm,
0: mm.
2: Nuada's arm, and so he fashions a brand new one for him that be, is a, a human or a god, whatever the pr- appropriate arm. And so he replaces the silver arm with the correct arm, and it's whole again. And mm-hmm. so Nuada can reason resume his role as chieftain. Um, Well, that enraged the father physician so much that he killed his son, as gods are wont to do on occasion.
0: Mm.
2: And somehow his his son's blood hits the ground, and from that spring up all the healing herbs. And so the daughter, Eredred, gathers them up and organizes them. And in the tale, there's 365 of them, which is ironic given the number of days there are in the year, right? Right um she organizes them in a way so that way she can know she spreads them out on her cloak to organize them well the father's still not satisfied with this and he takes her cloak and he, she shakes he shakes it out and so all the herbs scatter mm-hmm. across the land and so she can't put them all back together so arimat herself is a god goddess of healing and her brother and her father are too obviously one's the brother the the male figures are more of a surgeon kind of thing and she's more of an herbalist Oh, interesting. kind of thing. But, uh, but so that's all supposed to happen on the summer solstice at midsummer. Oh. And so that's where I was going with that in a very long roundabout way.
0: That's a very so, cool story. I so yeah, I so,
2: so if you're doing ritual, you know, you can do ritual theater at that point in time. You can just read the myth. You know, there's all sorts of ways that you can incorporate that into whatever traditions one would have on the summer solstice
0: yeah mythology i think is a really great thing to to pull into a specifically summer solstice kind of kind of deal um you know you like you said ritual theater Mm -hmm. it's just such a powerful way of bringing the stories and the the um archetypes to life mm-hmm. uh in in a way that really reaches a lot of people all at once and, and it's a, a very Leo thing to do. Yes. It's a very sun well, thing to true. do. Yeah.
1: I just think that summer solstice is that time when you should be at your biggest, mm-hmm. your best. You're in full power um if if you follow the, the trail of the sun. And so anything that you might have started in February if you charmed your tools in February and you've mm-hmm. gone about getting everything ready, you know long-term magical or physical pro- uh, projects. New Year's resolutions by this time should have reached full potential. <laughs> should have figured
2: it out how or, to do them,
1: <laughs> or, or, or you know, or given up. Or at least hit la- a
2: stride. Yeah.
1: Yes, you've either you've either achieved these things or you gave up at Valentine's Day and you never right. went back to the gym. <laughs> That's true. It's true, and it's good, because then the gym clears the gym out. And, clears out. And I don't have to wait for you to sit in between sets doing your workout. Right. Um, but that's my thoughts.
2: No, very cool. Uh, yeah. There's also in, in Vodou that it's June 23rd mm. is sacred and in, in Christianity, who is sacred to St. John the Baptist. And so I know in New Orleans, uh, one of the shops takes people out to the one of the bayous that has a bridge over it, really well prepared for for this. But there is a Saint John's bayou. Uh, that's probably, that's well, probably that would probably that be that the one. Be <laughs> <so>. <laughs> and they have a ritual to Saint John as they as he works in voodoo, and so they do a whole ritual. And there was something online a couple of years ago, about doing your own... There's a ritual in Vodou about uh, head-washing, La mm. and it should be done by a, a mambo or a hogan, and somebody does that. But if you don't have access to one, there was a way to kind of do one yourself involving Florida water on St. John's Eve. Oh, and so really cool. uh, I did that a couple of years ago, and it had been a particularly rough period of time a couple of years ago, and so I'm like, I need to do something. And so... Um, the bathroom smelled like Florida water for about a week. <laughs> not a bad thing. Which is not, not a, a bad, bad thing. thing. So you scary. walk in and you're like, "Ooh, smells voodoo in here." <laughs> um, but it, and I'm a natural skeptic, mm-hmm. so I'm like, "All right, well, we'll do this thing." So I do get the white flowers and the white candles, and because you got to, right? Right. And start to do the, uh, pour the Florida water over my head. And just that feeling, you know, with intent and with prayer and with a little bit of skepticism saying, eh, whatever. And just with the first pick up with a a, a cup and pour it over my head. And with the first pour, you could almost feel the the ick and the stress and the tension of that time period sort of just flow down. I'm like, oh, hey, I can feel that. And then... So you know you did the two, three or nine times I can't remember, and then soak for a while, and then it was very powerful. Excellent. And so um, I need to find it again. Yeah. Because like I, th- the internet is forever unless you're find looking for something that you need. Right. That something you saw last specific, year or right. last week, then it's no longer there. Right.
1: You could probably get a hold of uh, a major corporation now, and they have all those records for you. Turns, of- oh. when,
2: when did I Google that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're they right. Have I all forgot those about records that. They have your
0: browser history now. So they could look it up As for you. As if they you.
2: didn't have it before.
0: Yeah.
1: Just, just call, you know, Time Warner or one of those big corporations at and t and say, hey, could you look you at my look Google Look it up and see <laughs> when, I, when I found that St. Yeah. John's Day ritual. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, we're running out of time, so we should probably lay this one to rest for summer solstice. I want to thank you both for coming and being a part of uh, the last couple of uh, podcasts that we've done here. It's and, a pleasure. Um, we- Pagan Gumbo Podcast would like to thank this episode sponsors. Nui Cobalt Designs, talismans, tools, and supplies for the magically minded. Each is handcrafted and charged under optimal astrological conditions. We believe the sacred objects that support your practice should be both beautiful and powerful. Free shipping in the U.S. on orders over $175. That's designs.com And the Magical Druid. The Magical Druid offers a wide selection of handmade and specially crafted items to help you develop your personal spirituality, enhance your magical practice, and build your personal work. Check out all of our items at www. MagicalDruid.com. If you would like to donate to this podcast, please go to PaganGumbo.com/backslash/donate. If you have a business, a nonprofit, or some other type of group, or something that you would like to get the word out on, then how about sponsoring Pagan Gumbo? You can do so. Just let us know. If you have questions, comments, or show ideas, they can all be sent to info at PaganGumbo.com. If you had complaints, tape them to our front door. We'll get to them. So, until we talk to you again, we appreciate you listening to us ramble. We thank you for your time and your effort. Until we meet again, be good to each other, walk in balance, in honor, and wisdom.